0: Remember when Bill Murray showed up in that one really terrible movie? Which one? You know the one. I can't remember what it was, but all I was all I can remember is like it's like oh Bill Murray an actor, like oh, a real actor. Wild things. Yeah, wild. Things. Oh, wild yeah. things. Yeah. you hate Wild Things, man?
1: <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. You didn't make it through Wild Things, but you made it through Sleepaway Camp. I commend well, you. Well, well, I I made it through because he did I, it for Aaron. <laughs> well, he, no, he, it's he not. would have turned it off.
2: Otherwise, I think. No, I don't think so. No? This was no. Uh, this was wild better things. Than wild, is, things? It,
0: wild things is worse. Holy. Than this. Yes, hundred percent.
3: I would argue this is a movie you have to see before you die. You have to, even if you don't like it. You need to see it before you die.
1: Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. I'm George. And I'm Aaron. Aaron, friend of the show, legal expert on the Primal Fear Post, has joined us as we present to George the best movie of the year. Guys, we watch Sleepaway Camp. George, how you doing after Sleepaway Camp?
0: Uh, just way better than I was two hours ago.
1: That's what we want to hear. Travis, how's your Sleepaway Camp going? Uh... It's doing good, I guess. Feeling good, Lewis. Feeling good, Lewis. Aaron, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you.
3: Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here discussing one of the greatest, maybe the greatest, eighty slasher of all time. We know it's how Aaron's assessment. doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's got a big chubby.
2: He's been so oh, excited. <laughs> the sheets are sticking I'm, up a little bit. I'm, I'm
3: ready to rock.
1: <laughs> now, hey now, I've been trying to get Aaron on this show for almost as long as we've been doing the show. Uh, and when I told him we were doing Sleepaway Camp, he rushed out, bought a mic, and joined us. Like, this is the movie that brought us Aaron, and so I am very hmm. happy we did it. I have to say yeah, this, this... Is a, this is one heck of a movie. Now, for our listeners that haven't seen the movie Sleepaway Camp, I have to tell you up front, You should probably watch the movie before you listen to this episode. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. If you listen to this episode, having never seen the movie, I have a feeling you're going to rush out and watch the movie. So do yourself a favor, pause the podcast, go watch the movie, come on back, finish the podcast. But heck, if you want to ride, ride and die with us, that's fine. You're still going to end up watching that movie. So the decision is yours. It's an easy read. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just 90 minutes of uh just pure wholesome family fun from what I remember yeah. guys. Uh Wow. George, tell me your initial impressions of Sleepaway Camp. Um I mean in all honesty <laughs> or
0: like not a lot of us. <laughs> I mean it 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 wasn't very good. All right, good night. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I mean, I, I'm i here to uh, to be schooled, I guess, uh, so I have to keep an open mind. But on first watch, uh, but very low budget. Uh, acting was terrible. Um, just lots of stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and here I am.
1: <laughs> now, Travis, have you seen this before? Yes. I know we've talked about it, but I, I wasn't... We've done that before, and then you watch the movie and realize, oh, you just thought you'd seen it. Uh yeah, it was one of those um
2: you mentioned it a couple times and I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah and then I watched it and I was like, Oh man, yeah, I don't know what I can contribute to this. Uh <laughs> and yeah, and then I watched it again and I was like, No, I was right the first time. <laughs> and uh and then I just watched it again yesterday. And it has not changed for me. But yet but... you feel
1: compelled to keep watching it over and over.
2: Well, first time I don't
0: know. Well, see, I know how you guys, yeah, you, you and Aaron, feel about this movie, and I watch it thinking there's a person that likes this movie. <laughs> there's want to talk yeah, to that yeah, person. there's a lot of people. <laughs> well, like, you've, you've I, got our I attention. Wanna, I want
2: to understand. See, I understand why people like it. Do you? I understand why people love it. I, I, I can see why Campy, you know, uh, iconically, uh. Bad <laughs> movies sometimes have a place in a heart for people. Uh, I love a few of them myself. This movie, I understand why it has such a cult following, and why it's so important to so many people. But it doesn't hit me that way because I I don't have the nostalgia of this. I didn't watch it in eighty three. Right? Is that when it came out eighty three? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember it coming out. I guess it was like on USA a couple times I watched, uh, I tried to watch it when I was younger. It just didn't interest me. But then when I watched it, when I was older. I was like, okay, I understand it and you know what it does and what it's for, but it wasn't ever my cup of tea.
0: I think that showing someone this movie is kind of like uh, a
2: test to see how open minded they are, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But none of that is why I would, I mean, the subject matter is really not the reason why I didn't like it. It's all the other things you said. I'm
0: not referring to the the subject matter either.
2: Yeah, no, I'm open. I I think if this was done today by a very, I don't know. Hollywood? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody who knows what they're doing, I think. The subject matter and the story and the ending and everything is there. It's all there. Yeah. And I just don't think that the way this movie is made was made for me. Because you know how my hang-ups are. Yeah, absolutely. And every one of my hang-ups are like... (laughs) It's (laughs) like a bingo card for all your (laughs) hang-ups. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. 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 Aaron, you're a big fan of this
1: movie. Do you have a prepared statement to... Open our audience up to uh, watching a movie that these two just crapped on for five minutes.
3: Well, all I can say is Dan is that I'm appalled. <laughs> I'm absolutely appalled.
1: I'm appalled, sir. <laughs> no, I look.
3: I, I, I understand. I understand the division. I, I I kind of expected it. Um. I mean, so the first time I ever saw the movie, I was trying to figure out exactly when it was. It was either ninety five or ninety six. Um, when I was in high school. Um, it was at a. Believe it or not, uh, like a, a co-ed um, sleepover. And somebody had the VHS, popped it in, boom. Everyone went nuts. um, And from then on, it just stuck. So I don't have the 80s nostalgia for it, but I definitely have a nostalgia for it. That all being said, I think this might be one of the most unintentionally brilliant films I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and I don't know if... So this is by a guy named Robert Hiltzik. First time director. I don't even think he did anything else after this. Um, <laughs> had a had a completely like fresh cast. Everyone that that's introduced: Angela, Ricky, Judy, and Paul. It's the first thing they've ever done movie wise, mm-hmm. ever. So that's and,
2: you forgot Ringo <laughs> and, and <laughs> John and Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike.
3: <laughs> Tom,
0: <laughs> Dick, and <Harry. laughs>
2: Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> and Manny, Mo and Jack. <laughs> I mean yeah, they're all in there. They're all there. Uh
3: but I mean I don't know I don't know if he was limited by money.
0: I'm I'm sure he was. Oh yeah,
2: definitely.
3: I mean this 100%. this was only made for uh I think it was if I remember correctly, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars.
2: Mm.
3: Um, but I mean it made millions. Um because of that ending. Oh yeah. Obviously. Um you know, and even if you go online right now, you know a lot of people call it like uh, an ending akin to Psycho,
2: right?
3: Which is understandable, tip. I can see that. Um, absolutely. But I mean, I I get, I get the um, I don't want to say hate, but I guess a dismissive attitude towards the film but i think there's a lot more going on unless i'm just reading a whole bunch of stuff into it that doesn't actually exist but here's a question i have for dan
1: Uh oh Mm.
3: is this a regional horror film and or is this a giallo
1: oh man well right off the top troy howarth would say this is not a giallo because it was not made in italy by italians Uh, So that's a cop-out answer that I can give you and not have to take a position. Uh, It definitely has the structure of a Jallo as much or more so than Friday the 13th. Now, most likely this has the structure of a Jallo because Friday the 13th made a lot of money and they were like, hey, let's do that again. But this time, let's put campers at the camp instead of just counselors. Uh, So... Then I guess yes, I guess it is a giallo. Uh At least it's an American jalo. Now, is it a regional slasher? Uh, it depends on how you. Now, and George and Travis, we haven't really talked much about regional slashers.
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, how do? You, what do you mean by
1: that? The thing is, yeah, go See, for it. Aaron. You answer your own question. That's why we brought you in. <laughs> I
3: feel like, and I'm just bringing this up because I want them to know this term exists. I feel like this is like this made up term by the physical media groups to like sell crappy movies, which this isn't, to the masses, just to give it a nice term. A regional slasher. Not a slasher, but it comes from a specific
0: region. It's like a a wine. Yeah. It's not a, you know. uh, Perfect a chardonnay it's a it's an oregon chardonnay or yeah. it's or California. champagne shit yeah exactly
1: my understanding of the term regional slasher has to do with the fact that you're you're literally exploiting the setting as almost a character in the movie you know like uh satan's blade if you've ever seen that one probably Aaron would be the only one who had uh it's set in like a ski community in Uh, California and it feels like I went on vacation to a ski community brought a camera and made a slasher movie and there's a certain amount of like low budget charm there because it it lacks so much in ingenuity and it replaces that with just hey look at these cool settings you know Um, you could juxtapose that against something like Friday the 13th or just before dawn which use really cool settings But have enough going on in the movie that you don't have to lean on the fact that, like, one of the reasons to watch this is because you're from the state it was shot in. You know, like, the whole country can enjoy both of those movies. They don't have to be like, oh, yeah, that does look like my hometown. Uh, Which a lot of the regional slashers, I think, when they market them, they depend on the fact that you care about where they're shot and what the the setting looks like. So, is sleepaway camp a regional slasher by that definition i would say no uh mm-hmm. yes all the cast is from new york they're all very northeast uh, oh yes they are but it's a movie that has a broader appeal because they do enough with the plot and with the reveal and with a lot of really questionable uh handling of different topics that you don't normally handle in a slasher movie uh to you never have to know anybody from new york or attend to sleepaway camp in the region to be like, oh yeah, they got that part right, so the rest of the movie's forgivable. Uh, so I would say no. It's just a good slasher.
3: Interesting. Because hmm. when I watch it, I'm like, oh, this was made two hours from my house. Because everyone's wearing a Yankee shirt, there's a New York Marathon shirt, there's bluish to cold shirts. Um and everyone's either from Queens, Bronx or Long Island. You know, so it definitely has that flavor. So when I'm watching this film I'm like, ah, oh, this was made Well, for and me.
1: that might be the thing Perfect. is like from your perspective, Aaron, as a New Yorker, this is a regional appropriate slasher. And you wouldn't be able to tell whether or not it plays elsewhere because you can't be elsewhere, right? Like it definitely plays to you and if it sucked worse, correct. and nobody liked it. You might still love it because, oh hey, these are my guys. This is my area. But I'm here to tell you that this thing plays nationwide for the right audience. Now, was George the right audience for this movie? Probably not.
2: So would regional be like like a homer thing, like you're you're like we are with Halloween. Well, like you guys are with
1: all the Philadelphia movies, right? Right. That little extra that you get out of trading places that I don't get. But yeah. do that on a movie that has nothing else to offer except that and it's don't in Philadelphia.
2: I not see any of that in this movie, though. Like I, this movie could take place in Oregon. Like it, to me, it didn't really have a regional feel.
0: Yeah, the only thing about it that was regional was
2: the the accents. Yeah, and, and it was like upstate New York kind of feel. Like it wasn't really fair. even like nobody had like a Bayonne accent or like it was just kind of it was like upstate New York. So it felt like.
0: Uh, in in, in the show, we love maps. Yes. Maps so
2: good. Uh, I was unaware,
0: Aaron, that you were <laughs> from New York. Yes, I didn't know that either.
3: I'm from Long Island.
0: You're from Long Island. Nice. That's where you grew up yes. lived there your entire life. You live there now. Yes, wow. sir. And nice. here, this whole time, I thought you were like local to uh, Dan, like in the middle of the country. I don't know why. Huh. I don't know why.
3: The internet's a wonderful thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um and and I'm in New Jersey and I don't know, I guess people probably think me and Dan spend a lot of time together physically, but we don't.
2: Sometimes that regional thing adds to it. Like when I think of like a Stephen King movie or you know, it, it's it obviously has that feel, that Maine small town in Maine kind of feel with this i don't feel like any of that mattered it didn't matter where it took place yeah
0: i felt like the 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 location was point. kind of just Very a generic, a generic yeah. you know a camp in the woods you know
1: but I, think I back mean, to the friday the 13th movies and when they went from new jersey in parts 1 and 2 to california in part 3 there's a palpable like loss of authenticity to the hmm. setting when they moved to part 3 Higgins Haven, for all of its great Barney features, just is not what we were used to with the first two movies. So when we talk about regional slashers, generally we're talking about shitty movies being marketed on the one thing they have going for them, which is at least they were shot in a place, you know. Uh, this yep. movie is better than that. It may not be as good as your Friday the 13th as far as mass appeal, but there's something authentic in the performances by having so many kids from the same region interacting in a way that sounds natural to me as an outsider Uh, from, you know, basically the the, the acting gets good in this movie when they said to the kids, hey, curse at each other or curse at the adults for a little while. And then it's just like, oh, this is real. Mm-hmm. Like, This is how these people really talk. It's authentic. And then it's more regionally appropriate. But is it, you know, the difference is like a Stephen King movie might have a really good Maine setting, but they're bringing in actors from L.A. And they're bringing in actors from New York and they're making Maine feel alive, but they're acting inauthentically. Whereas you can tell in this movie that a lot of the dialogue is just like improv is they're like, hey, Ricky, curse out the old man for a little bit and he's got <laughs> yeah. sea sucker coming out just right away. He, he knows exactly <laughs> what to do. That's like his moment, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. It's got clerks written all over
3: it. But you know, you raise <laughs> a great point because in, in sleepaway camps, at least in New York, and I, I've been to them, I went to them when I was little, um, You know, every all the campers are from New York, but the counselors are from all over. You'd fly in counselors from uh, England, Australia, like Ronnie. Um, so it, it seemed authentic in that sense, too, but it also lent itself to being able to get these types of actors with the kids all being local. And, you know, and you'll get these other guys like, um, like, oh, actually, did anyone recognize uh, Ben?
0: ben.
1: Is, is Ben the he second? Was the, uh, yeah, OK, the I, I know who that is, but oh, I'll God. wait till the other guys find out.
0: The cook? Like the original one? The The one who takes the... over
1: when the the Baldies guy gets boiled.
0: Okay.
1: He was in trading places. I feel like I recognized him, but it's the father of James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. Ah, is that what it is? Yeah, we talked That's about That's what it, it is. Yeah. It's like I
0: it's like I know I know, I know I know you. There's something about you that I recognize. That's that makes sense. Because I'm like, yeah, I there's something there I can't place he's related to James. Mm. Well, he
1: has like the same kind of like perfect for Darth Vader voice. And so one of my notes says that, uh, (laughs) uh, creepy camp cook is funny to Darth's dad, (laughs) which is a weird note for (laughs) most movies, but for this movie makes sense. Yeah. The scene where at the beginning, you know, he says some really awful things about ages and how some of them don't matter. And then he calls some. He says the other guy, you're too old and Darth Vader's dad is just like, Ha 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 and I wanna yeah. throw the movie away at that moment.
3: But that's the thing. It's like you have an actor like him who was in Sting, and you have Mike Kellen, who's awesome. He's Mel, um, who is in a film that Dan just wrote up before, you know, um just before dawn. And you can play them against these kids. And everything just seems so natural. You know, so like you have these different types of of I don't want to call it acting abilities, but maybe just like um, acting, um, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it.
2: I wouldn't but call it maybe a
3: comfort level of acting.
2: <laughs> they the kids in this movie were not doing much acting. They like Dan was saying, it's a lot of direction off screen saying, All right, say this or you know, do this and But didn't it feel authentic? Uh yeah, yeah, it was definitely authentic. I think my issue with it is being a kid from the '80s, uh, probably the same age as all these people that were in this movie. '83, I was, I was eight, so eight to ten. Um, there were so many. Better actors in New York area that could have been in this movie. But so there's got to be have other worked on a why movie they...
1: for as cheap as these people worked. So, no, you're right, you know. you're
2: right. But it th- again, we've had this conversation before because I've done many, many shows with people that don't get paid, and a lot of people in community theater, yeah, and and they're good. They're fucking amazing. So it's like we're talking 10, 12 year olds that would blow away half of Hollywood. So it frustrates me when i hear that excuse because there's a lot of kids and and teenagers and it's not not even excusable for the counselors granted it does show that a couple of these guys have worked before but they're so overshadowed by the terrible delivery of lines that it's un, unforgivable uh like when i hear you guys talk talk about it it's it angers me even more because the passion <laughs> you guys have and the stuff that you're saying sounds awesome for the movie that i didn't watch <laughs> yeah for so, another movie yeah. not this one and i'm like it frust like i think of camp and i think of like evil dead and and uh you know especially army of darkness and you know anything sam raimi mostly everything in the 80s it's camp shouldn't ruin a film uh T- for me. I'm not saying this film is, is terrible. It was just like, not good for me. Campiness. Campiness right. is something that tongue-in-cheek... I honestly believe that this movie was not trying to be campy. <laughs> I think... Yeah, no, it wasn't. Everybody no, was Everybody no, was no. serious Hold about on. it. It was never
3: right. trying to be campy. Not for no. no, no, no. That's the thing. <clears throat> Every single actor in this movie
2: took yeah, it serious. they were serious. Making, ol- They the, were all Olivia's. People that
3: couldn't act. <laughs> no, they all took it... Th- they will, each of them were so invested in their character. I honestly believe that. I think that's why it works.
1: Well, and I think that Travis gets hung because up.
3: Because it feels more like you're watching. Yeah, it Travis a lens. gets
1: so hung up on the fact that these are not like good actors using their craft in a way that is like creative and outside of their own being and putting themselves into a character. But there are other ways to act, you know? And this is just going for a more. You know, just chill, relaxed, like say your line and say it like you believe it, you know, and it, they may not be searching for motivation through like a method acting thing. But, you know, it's it's a kid doing its best to say, like, you know, hey, you see sucker, go fuck yourself, you know, <laughs> and they do it in such a way that it's like, oh, hey, that's actually how he would have said that in real life if that were him. Uh, yeah, it's just different kind of thing.
2: The lore of this movie for people is. It's it's iconic because it's bad, but the story's so so good. story's pretty good. and the ending is so iconic that it really doesn't matter how we present it. You're gonna like it or hate it. it's a it's a VHS release. That's where we're gonna make our fan base, yeah. that's where we're gonna make our money. Uh, the theater will get out there, but we're gonna our, our life our legs are gonna be in the secondary market. And I think that's what happened with this movie. It became a cult classic because in most 80s movies, that's what happened. No matter how good they were, you had meatballs. You had all these movies from the 80s where the kids were the prominent characters. Uh, you had one, maybe one big actor in it, like a Bill Mary or whatever, who had to act against all these kids or animals or whatever it was that was in this movie. With this, there really wasn't any prominent actors to carry it, so the story had to carry it, and the story's
0: there. Remember when Bill Murray showed up in that one really terrible movie? Which one? You know the one. I can't remember what it was, but all I was, all I can remember is like it's like oh Bill Murray, an actor, like oh, a real actor. Wild
1: Things. Yeah, Wild Things. Oh, wild yeah. Things. Yeah. You <laughs> hate Wild Things, man. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. You didn't make it through Wild Things, but you made it through Sleepaway Camp. I commend well, you. Well, be- well, I I made it through because.
0: He did it for Aaron.
2: <laughs> well, he, no, he, it's he not. He would
0: have turned it off. Otherwise, I think. No, I don't think so. No? This was no. As this was wild things. Than wild, is, things? It, wild things is worse Holy. than this. Holy. Yes, a hundred percent. Because, you know, when I'm when I'm watching this movie, I recognize right away that it is not Hollywood. Right. So, standards automatically go down. Like, the terrible acting that we're talking about. It, it it just it's it's kind of like you have to look past that and and so as i'm looking past you know the acting and the this and that and i mean and dude there was like one point where like the cop came out of the came out of the cabin and like his mustache <laughs> is like a, a like a completely different color than his hair on his head and i was like this is well there's a good reason that. right right oh. so so, so good. <laughs> the, when you see a movie like that, you cannot, you can't compare it to, you know, uh, you know it's
1: it's not The Shining, no, you know? and nor it's, would I ever try to it's compare not, it to, you know. It, so, hi, this is Dan in post. If you've been with us for the past two and a half years as we've worked through this podcast, you can see the growth in George. Go back and listen to the Clerks episode, guys. We're getting through to him. So my
0: immediately i I go, okay, first, I'm like okay this is this is lower budget, so that's number one, and then you know as i watch i i I try to you know figure out if if I'm supposed to laugh at this or not, and it it was pretty apparent that I'm like okay i'm not I'm not supposed to laugh at this, and <laughs> You know, know, because I have no, I have no context, uh, you know, context for this. Right. You know, I I watched, I didn't like RoboCop because I didn't, I didn't get it. Right. Like, so I I have to, I have to watch the movie with a, you know, with an open mind and I'm I'm like, I'm figuring it out as I go. But once I figured out what this movie was, I forgave everything.
2: Mm. Like as it happened, I'm like, "Eh, forgive it.
1: Hey, Eh, forgive it. That's progress, man. Eh. It is progress, is progress.
2: I've done that many times. Like I, I have a lot of guilty pleasures from the eighties. The movie, like Pumpkinhead, stuff like that. Like yeah. there are movies that I should not like. On the other
0: hand, <laughs> Wild Things has no excuse. Absolutely no excuse. They well, because no, that's a Hollywood have, movie. They have all the money in the world. They have the actors. Yeah. They have everything. Story. And they and they they produced the worst movie. They blew it's it. It's so bad. I hate that movie. <laughs> all right. So anyway, um, yeah. So I don't want to shit on the acting. I really don't because you can't shit on Aunt
3: Martha.
1: Oh my god, Aunt Martha! Holy impossible,
3: shit. amazing. Which one?
1: Which one amazing. was Aunt Martha? No, that wouldn't do at all.
3: She was the most evil character oh, in the entire oh, movie.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when when I was witnessing her acting, when I was wit- witnessing her character. <laughs> I thought to myself, "This is a character that I would do in my own home to drive my wife insane." Mm. Oh, I hope that you or do my, going forward, or my ch- or my child insane. Like you know, talk to myself and ask myself a question, and then answer that a question. Psychopathic. That uh, is something that yeah. I would do in in you know in teasing. She was
2: like a Mary Poppins meets Hannibal Lecter.
1: Yes. <laughs> You can watch <laughs> on the Blu-ray special features an interview with that actress. It's it's part of a bigger behind the scenes featurette. She is a normal person who realizes exactly what she's doing because she did something and the director told her more. And she said, I don't hmm. know that I can do more. And he's like, You're gonna do more. That is a directed intentional choice to mm-hmm. make her act like that. And do you know how much respect I have for that woman? A, a lot. whole bag. <laughs> guys watch this movie Uh, listeners if you have not seen this movie eventually we're going to spoil it go watch this movie and here's the thing i'm going to tell george if you want this movie to succeed in your life here's what you do you take that movie you get anthony and shawnee and your wife meg and uh your sister uh who is married to travis get them all over to the house make some popcorn get the kids out of the room and watch it together as a group. Now that you know what you're showing them, the joy that you will have putting them through this movie (laughs) is the best thing. Like it's really the Mm. real life equivalent of the ring video. Only you don't die in seven days. You live when you show it to someone else and watch their face as aunt Martha (laughs) shows what she's got the string tied around. So good.
2: I already spoiled it to my wife, so I couldn't, I wouldn't have the joy. Here's the thing She already she hasn't seen it.
1: She knows what happens. I knew what happened before I watched it the first time. It didn't stop me from loving it. Hmm. So, listeners, if we spoil it for you, go watch it anyway. It's still amazingly weird.
3: What do we all think of the music?
2: I don't remember the music. Uh, inappropriately, I would say inappropriately accurate. <laughs> That's how I would describe mm, the music. Interesting. Uh, yeah. The music is, to me, just so on the nose. so good. I would agree with you. It, it, yeah.
3: I mean, it's all strings. It's all strings. There's no, there's no 80s music from any recognizable mm-hmm. band. There's no 80s montage. The music doesn't date the film. And I think that was an intentional choice. Kind of like um, oh what's the comedy? Um, National Lampoon's um,
2: Animal House. Oh, Animal House, yeah.
3: Yeah. Apparently in that movie... They wanted to make sure that the um the soundtrack played it straight. Right. So here I mean when you hear that brass horn in all the bad places, it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice little um you're never gonna forget that horn as long as you live now.
1: Yeah.
2: There's a lot about this movie I'm never gonna forget. <laughs>
1: it reminds me of the just <laughs> before the dawn trombo. whistle. You know. <laughs> the, Trump. the Trump my Trump. Uh, yeah. my daughter who is seven. Uh got a whistle from some kind of like grab bag thing. And it had this horrible shrill, like you could do three notes. But two of them were the notes from the Just Before Dawn whistle. And so I taught her how so to make good. the sound from Just Before Dawn. So I'm a good so dad. Good. She hasn't seen the movie, but she heard the trailer so she could emulate it. I'm a mm-hmm. fun dad.
3: <laughs> Just Before Dawn is another must-watch movie, but uh, not as much to watch as this. For
1: sure. But also, somebody uh, get killed with a trombone in it. It's a much better movie. (laughs) Like, you know, Just Before Dawn is maybe, I would say that Just Before Dawn is as good as any Friday the 13th movie. So, probably better than
3: most Friday the 13th movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But as good as one, two, four. Like, it's right up there. It's right up there with the same. Like, it's real good. It's actually a good movie. There's no trombone death, it's very scary. And it's uh, well acted in my opinion. I like how you
0: skipped right over three.
1: Three, uh, you know. One, two,
0: four. It's, it's a favorite of many. It is, it is.
2: Three? Yep. What's the introduction of the mask? It's a favorite of many.
0: It's in 3D. It's
2: it is in 3D. Final Girl. Anyway. And one of my favorite kills.
3: So, let's talk about the beginning for a second. Because they pack a lot of fairly <laughs> oh, yeah. progressive stuff in there. <laughs> like progressive <laughs> okay. progressive except for uh except for the boat scene so we get two kids growing up in a family with two dads right we get the introduction of another family where the mom and dad are divorced yeah that's pretty incredible for a movie made in 83 where they yes. treat the subject matter Uh, so nonchalantly
1: it's almost disarming because it's so nonchalant that on your first watch you may not catch that any of that is going on correct Uh, really interesting. i
0: didn't i didn't um on on first watch uh well actually until the end obviously in in the end they like put it right in your face so you can't miss it right are you talking about the Um, dream
3: sequence
1: Toward the end, what when they they reveal that the two guys were a couple, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, but while I was work- while yeah. while I was watching the first scene, I didn't realize that they were a couple, right? And you're right. not supposed to. It was and subtle, supposed to, like unboy, unspoil-
1: unspoil- unspool.
0: And while I was watching the first, uh, the introduction of Aunt what's her face, um, Aunt Martha, right? Yep, mm. I didn't know that she was divorced either did they say it
3: they said in the beginning that um when they asked about ricky he's staying at his dad's he's being with his dad so they implied that uh that that there was a divorce okay
0: okay yeah i didn't even that didn't even register i guess because maybe today that's so like doesn't even matter
1: but there is a lot of exposition tied into a very few lines at the beginning of the movie Uh, There is. And in some ways, that's like, obviously, this guy's not the best movie writer. He needs to work on his exposition. But at the same time, it rewards multiple viewings a lot more than like officer exposition at the beginning of Halloween Resurrection, who catches you up on everything. You know, it exists in the world a lot cleaner than it would if, you know, one of the guys was to stand on the side and be like, let's talk about what happened here. I'm with this guy and those are my kids. But that's actually, you know... it's a more natural presentation, leaves more work for the viewer. Well, you
2: kind of run into that issue whenever you have a writer director. Because it's almost like uh that that um make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich exercise where, you know, giving direction. Like the director already knows what he wants it to look like, what he want, he wrote it. And he doesn't always necessarily do what's necessary for the viewer to get them where he's already at. Yeah, it's so the you, thing
1: where a teacher, like a substitute teacher on a sitcom or a kid's show will do a big math equation on the board and the kid says, well, I don't get it. And they turn around and they do it again. And they're like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it works. It's like, but you yeah. didn't you didn't tell me. You didn't explain. That.
2: Yeah, so if he would have had a, if he would have taken one of the hats and then given it to somebody else and, and basically been the creator of the story and said, this is my idea. This is the end. This is the end. Get me to the end. This is what I want to tell. This is the story I want to say. Right. Instead of like it's his whole show and he might not be fully able, like you said, this is his first and probably last movie, uh, wasn't able to build that mystery. Although he did a pretty good job at at being subtle at the beginning and then showing later the reveal of everything. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: I think that the the subtlety at first is intentional.
2: Yeah, what's funny is the things that aren't subtle, is what overshadows the subtlety, <laughs> like yeah, uh, the 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 dialogue and the acting is so not subtle. Like the girl, like the girl screaming in the wood, like all the shit that's going on, it's just chaos. And you know they're going to get hit by the boat. The yeah. the kid driving the boat, the kid next to the kid driving, like it's just so much going on. Yeah, with like Ugh. with
0: with all that going on, you the would think that if bit. there was a gay couple. And that's, uh, you, you know, pertinent to the story, you'd know it, <laughs> right? But right? I don't
2: mind it being revealed later and and, and in subtlety, kind of showing Actually, it. Actually, I yeah, I was you know, fine with I that. I didn't.
0: Yeah, I I don't have a problem with it. I I liked that it was subtle in the beginning. I liked that I that it came together kind of like almost like a Shyamalan thing. It's like, oh yeah, my god,
1: how did I not it see that? It all got revealed. Yeah, The you red door knob. It's fine. <laughs> I like it. Hey, Aaron, this is your first time on the show. What you're hearing right now from George and Travis. Is the reason we keep doing this show? It's the moment they kind of <laughs> open themselves a little bit more and realize, wait, <laughs> I'm less. Appalled. I said, I'm less. Appalled. I said, they're gonna get right it.
3: At, they're gonna right get it.
0: Right at the beginning, right at the beginning, I said, you know, teach me, learn oh, me. Let, yeah. why.
2: But no matter how long we talk about this movie. I still hate it.
1: Well, and that's the thing. So it's possible. Like, dude, honestly, but I don't hate I, I
2: love. I love what it tried to do and I love the the effort and I love everything about this story. It just to me uh if it if it was one of those not even a higher budget cuz there's plenty of low budget movies it, that it, let me I just can't get past some of the, just uh, let me the just dialogue let and me just acting. um is it
0: possible to like a bad movie? Yes. I That's like where a lot I'm at of them. them. Okay. That's where I'm at. I like okay. this bad movie. We
1: did it. We brought George to a bad movie that he can enjoy. My concern this whole time, George, was that you would spend an hour and a half going, I am smarter than this. This movie is fucking stupid and I hate it. it and it, it sounds is. like we might have finally got you around the corner to realize like, yes, you are smart, but this movie is so dumb that it's like fun. And then it's not as dumb once you get into it, but then it's, it's still dumb, dumb enough that it's fun. Because, There's a look, lot going on. So it's much happened in that beginning
3: because what we got, we got an obvious death. We got an unknown death. We have a motive. We have weird Aunt Martha. And then we're bringing everyone back to the side of the trauma. Right? So mm-hmm. yeah, he's setting everything up perfectly for it to be a reveal at the end. Um, also, before I forget, Dan, have you heard of a movie called um, Sometimes Aunt Martha Does Dreadful Things?
1: I have heard of that only because it was released on Blu ray, uh, but I haven't seen it. Is that the same is that a, Aunt Martha? Because that, that a prequel? Would be insane.
3: It's not the same Aunt Martha. So, th- this was a movie uh, made in 1971. It deals with two guys named Stanley and Paul. They have an implied homosexual relationship. Paul dresses up as a woman and plays Stanley's Aunt Martha. I don't know oh. if the director got inspiration from that, but. Uh, there's definitely some kind of odd correlation going
1: on. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap there for an accidental name. Interesting. Well, now I have to watch that movie. Hmm. It's interesting. uh... Travis and George. (laughs) Travis and George, but especially Travis. For you to love this movie, you have to basically attack someone else with it. That's your homework for this. Week. Okay. No, find, I, I, I get find that. find some people that are not used to it. And you know, it can, if you've already spoiled it with them, that's fine. If they haven't seen it, put them through this movie, traumatize them with this movie and be the person that traumatized them. And you will love this movie. And right. that doesn't yeah. sound healthy and it may not be, but that's one way that you will find that you do love this movie, even though it sucks as a movie by your normal standards. It really works as a fun but isn't party. Isn't that the movie. whole
2: premise of our show?
1: <laughs> I think that I think I mean, that we've been next, doing that.
2: Uh,
0: you know how I have that movie club kind of on the side. Oh, yeah. my old my old Bulls. coworkers. Your side I'll chick. Unleash this! I think that I the next time it's my turn to They're pick a movie, I'm
1: you. I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash this on them. Can you arrange it to where they watch with you? Because it's more fun watching with them in in person. I could probably, I could
0: probably do it with you know like one or two. Yeah. Of Perfect. Them. But it, it's literally like all the employees In this one store mm. So no I I can't have them all in my apartment
2: Close early and have a screening <laughs> I mean and This proves I my think, point What other movie I can you do this kill with me.
3: What other movie can you do this with
0: I mean I could I could Force anyone to watch American Beauty It's not going right? to hit like this Easily uh, No It's uh,
1: not yeah. It, I, I would say like a, a Sixth sense,
2: six sense if not everybody, like if you come across well, a bunch I, of people who have never seen it. everybody knows it. Uh, uh, I mean, Dude, you watched Dust Till Dawn and had no idea there were true. vampires in that movie. That's true. So um, he, it's
1: possible. One thing I would caution with Mini Sleepaway Mag Camp Man. compared to a Sixth Sense if you tell someone the twist in Sixth Sense before what? they watch it they might be mad at you Because you've taken their joy away. But if you tell somebody who's reluctant to watch this movie, the twist of this movie, and then they still watch the movie, you have taken no joy. You know, (laughs) they may see the twist coming, but they won't know until they see the end of this movie what they have just seen. Like... (laughs) What's That's that Kevin one Hart difference. You, you aren't know, ready. The problem with <laughs> Shyamalan really movies. wasn't ready. <laughs> the reason Shyamalan movies kind of became like a stigmatized thing is because he got so reliant on the twist. And he built the movie in such a way that if you already knew the twist, your rewatchability or your first experience knowing the twist was never as good as going in blind. Sleepboy Camp accelerates those weird oddity things. Uh, that even if you know the twist of the movie from listening to the show or talking to Travis, you will know uh, the experience is un- unlike anything else you've seen, even if you knew going in that there was going to be a twist at the end.
2: It's done in a way that you're right. Like you could say to somebody exactly what's going to happen and it's they still visually are not ready. Like, they're, no, what their interpretation in their head is not what's going to be on screen. So, again, it's still going to be jarring because you can't explain that face. You can't explain that noise. Oh, that noise. You can't explain that body stature. You can't <laughs> explain any of it. And it's, it's, it's jarring. Like, I, mean, I don't know. You,
0: you, you literally have a hundred and, well, not a hundred, an hour and 20 some minutes of setup.
2: For that reveal. For that. Mm-hmm. And most movies so, are probably made that way. They probably sit there and go, okay, I want to do this. You're probably right. How do I get to that point from an opening scene?
1: All right, guys, Dan and post, just going to let you know, it's about to get really spoilery in here. So if you want to go in blind, stop, come back. You have been warned.
2: What do I need to do? I
1: got to work backwards from
2: the naked girl who's a boy. Oh, wait, did I reveal it. shit? Uh, I, that's okay <laughs> okay yeah how do i go from Manjunk to boathouse like get me there <laughs> yeah and you know where where does this kid come from and why does this kid have so many uh layers well and, and one write, thing you write your movie with the layers
1: if i told you hey it's your it's your birthday uh george or travis heck you have the same birthday for the purpose of this story it could happen uh as uh <laughs> judy what's her name judy Tenuta, is that her name that just died i remember judy she died she just died i hate to break the news judy judy yeah oh, I love her. it could happen right she's great yeah so you guys have happen. the same birthday That's what she used to say yeah it's your birthday i'm <laughs> gonna take you to uh we're gonna celebrate and it's a surprise but then you see you know hey we're actually we're gonna go to a phillies game you see the tickets and you go oh we're going to a phillies game and i'm like well the surprise is ruined okay let's drive peacefully to the phillies game park, attend a Phillies game, and go home, right? Mm -hmm. You've ruined the experience because you saw the twist early. This movie does not take a peaceful drive from a boathouse to a girl with a dick, right? No. Everything that happens in between is fucking crazy to where, like, you, (laughs) one of the reasons you can't spoil this movie for somebody, even if you tell them the twist's the end like I just did, there is so much weirdness between point A and point B that there's literally not enough time to tell someone all the weirdness to be prepared for. So you might know aunt Martha's there with her big bag of chips and you might know that what's going to happen at the end is insane. And there's a noise and there's a body posture and there's a dick, right? But in between we've still left out a hundred insane things that you can't believe they put in a movie and it makes the ride so much fun. Even if you know where we're going. Like that
2: ending Completely overshadows the fact that she's cradling a head. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you, you don't even think about or talk about that. It's yeah. like you go right to the, the uh, it's like it's almost yeah. like the, the you know the grudge. Like that noise and that face and that body completely takes you away from the fact that she was coddling the head of a kid that she
1: liked. Yeah, and I'll tell and you, I I've seen the movie, you know, a bunch. Right, you know, but not as much as Aaron, probably. I've seen it probably five or six times. And it wasn't until this last rewatching with my buddies that I even remembered that a bunch of little kids get killed. Yeah. Like, that's fucking horrifying. That shouldn't be in a movie. And that's like my line that I don't cross. I completely forgot that that's in there. And again, a year from now, I'm going to forget that's in there because so much else is going on. It's hard to keep track of all the insanity.
2: Well, this movie. I watched probably back when you first started talking about it, and that's one of the reasons why whenever we get into a discussion about a movie that I like and you're like, you find this hang-up and it ruins your day, and that's the movie you've decided to hate for a month, I sit there and I'm like, you just said that you hate it when kids are wronged, but you love Sleepaway Camp. You just said that you hate when it gets creepy, but you were fine with the pedophile cook. Like, when I watch this movie, it kind of points out all the things that you bring up whenever we do another movie. And you're like, I hate it because of this. And I'm like, yeah, but that's in Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> well,
0: I hate kinda, it because of this, but that's in Sleepaway Camp. They, they they sevened the kids. So that was good.
1: Yeah, you don't see the act. You see you don't the aftermath. See it. And it's not graphic. But you definitely see
2: the pedophile.
1: But that well, yes. but the thing about the cook that is so gross is it's obvious that he's going to get totally fucked up by the whoever the killer is right? Like there's no doubt they're not leaving any, but at the same time, he doesn't die. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't know. He's dead. he could be in the sequel. His dialogue is so bad. And I mean like explicitly, he could be the killer. Mm. He says such horrible things that that is a moment where you're just like, I can't believe this is a movie. Somebody made this. Somebody bought this. That person was me. Someone is watching it. That's also (laughs) me. What is wrong with them for making this movie? And why is it so crazy? And again, it's just a it's a crazy stop on the way from point A to point B. Never an endorsement. Uh, still don't know why Darth Vader's dad isn't more angry at that guy for the creepy, horrible things he says. Yeah, he just kind of laughs them off. Oh ho, oh ho, ho, oh! Ho.
3: <laughs> what the
2: <laughs> fuck? Uh, yeah.
3: So, what did we think of the uh, of the arty, uh injury?
2: I I I felt the effects in a movie of this caliber were actually pretty amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, his bubbling skin and that, it looked good. Yeah. It looked like he did get scalded by, like, piping hot water. Scalded? So I was just like...
1: That water was like... Yeah. I I was shocked. Bad. Bad man. I was shocked. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I thought the same thing you know about the uh, like the blisters that were like, uh, you know, like obviously there was like a like an air pump behind them oh, yeah. making them like kind of like pulse. Yeah. It was disgusting. <laughs> and it was good. It was great. Bladders. It was a bladder. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Well,
1: and there's so much um, screaming, just like nonstop horrible screaming, just as you'd expect.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's um, what um, it, it was raised... enough. There. There was two effects one that I loved and one that I didn't love. The first one that I loved was the snake coming oh. out of Oh yeah, the nose. The young man's mouth. Mouth or nose, yeah. Uh
2: after it's, he's killed drowned Garter snake under the water, but it was a cool effect. I don't and know. And they know use what it in jaws. Of... That that's like something that happens in jaws. It's very Spielberg.
0: Yeah, so that was really cool.
2: But it's a crab, I think.
0: And then the bees Ah. (laughs) did not do it for me.
2: I mean, those are real
1: bees.
0: (laughs) They are real bees, but they're honeybees.
1: Well, yeah, and when he drops what looks to be more of a bird's nest than a wasp nest in through the window. Here's the thing. I speak ill of Black Belly of the Tarantula, a great jalo, because they show what they purport to be a tarantula killer wasp fighting a tarantula but which is obviously a honeybee like glued to a small spider it's mm. ridiculous <laughs> bug mixing and it's just the right thing to stick in my crawl. so i cannot let this movie go without pointing that out that yes that's not even a wasp nest and it, it's just a prop but even if it were a wasp nest those are bees they would be in a honeycomb don't we know what a honeycomb looks like like very silly but yeah, and also, if you
0: threw them into a room, they'd be like, what the hell are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, they're not really aggressive. And how do we get to a flower from here? <laughs> right. like That's all they care about. Yeah,
1: no, it should have been yellow jackets know? and it should have been... Uh, yeah. or, or like Bald-Faced Hornets would have been awesome. But good luck training a colony of Bald-Faced Hornets, you know? That's So true. I have a, th- I have a
3: theory true. about that. I think it's more symbolic than anything else. But I'm going to have to go back to the other kills. And the and the okay. Artie injury as I call it. So
0: let's hear it. We right. love a good Wendy theory. Let's yes. go. <laughs> all
3: right, so with Artie. He's making coin. Right? Uh huh. Phallic. Yep. The boxes in the walk in. If you look at the boxes when Artie and Angela are talking, mm-hmm. near Angela there's a box that says topless. Near Artie there's one that says tubby. And there's Lil Brave brand foods all over the cans in the kitchen. So they're setting up the backdrop of them kind of discussing what's happening. But I want you to focus on the corn and the fact that when it comes to Angela or whoever kills him, because that's another issue, there could have been two killers, pushes Mm. him by his ass. All right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Waterfront scene. Kenny in the boat or out of the boat. The whole point of getting everyone to the waterfront was to go skinny dipping. Right? Co-ed Skinny. Dipping. Yes. You have Kenny scaring Leslie in the boat with water snakes, phallic symbol. And then you have a water snake slithering out of his eye. Right? Yeah. We are going to presume that maybe Angela, or, I'm going to spoil it right now, Ricky, kills Kenny. Okay. Either because he knocked off um, his 50-gallon hat, which is amazing, at the social. That was yes,
1: An amazing rat. Right. Or
3: yes. because he was hitting on Angela. Mm-hmm. Get to the Billy Kill scene. That's that's the guy. I don't think they even say his name in the movie. That's the guy with the with with the bees. All right. So bees. Okay.
1: Bees for Billy Batman.
3: Represents, you know, a certain sexual explanation of the birds and the bees. And okay. when you get to, you know, uh, sexuality you have the queen bee but there have been studies that show that queen honeybees can actually control the sex of their offspring tie that all together with the ending
0: uh, do you see okay. where i'm going with that i do because what do. does aunt At martha first, do what does aunt martha At first, do exactly yeah yeah it's yeah. it's right there it's yeah it's it's in your face it, once you said that the, the 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 queen bee can control the sex of the, her offspring, yeah, that's that's Aunt Martha to a T. At least that's what she's trying to do. Did the At director intend that? Ex- oh, I have probably. no, I have no idea. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't give him that much credit. Uh, but it's possible.
2: Yeah. It's possible. Well, symbolism is is very important in film. So, I'm sure it was probably intentional. I think if the
0: I think if that fact or that study was more, uh, known more well known, Mm. it would. I don't know. Yeah,
2: it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. What you should do, Aaron, is you should tell Dan again in detail. Send him a video that he won't watch, (laughs) (laughs) and then and then keep bringing it up during the show. Yes.
1: At this point, it's a bit. And then he'll shit on it. I feel like if I watch the Windy Theory at some point, that I will let down our listeners who are cheering for me to not watch any more than that right. little bit I watched, where they said that that phone call happened, and then I could prove the phone call didn't happen, and now I don't want to watch anymore.
2: <laughs> I just... But it's funny because in that video, it talks about exactly what Aaron's talking about. Uh, you know, they talk about all the surrounding products in the fridge when when the the Kool Aid. Yeah, the Kool Aid and the different things, and, and the, the walk where they fit, and where the they're sitting, right. and when, you know, uh, what's a dream sequence, what's not, what's in her head, what's not. And it's like, all that is great, but and exact. And you can watch it and go, yes, that's exactly what happened. It's all there. And then Dan will be like, but never mentioned it on the phone. So it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I no? It's like, yeah. oh my God, fuck. Well, so I, I got to we- figure out another way.
3: But this movie is very sexually charged, regardless of whether or not, like, the whole B thing is true. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: It's,
3: I mean, it's, this is ripe with sexuality, and yet, how many breasts do we have in this movie?
2: Zero. Right. Two, but they never come out. (laughs) (laughs) That obnoxious girl. (laughs) Oh, Judy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Talk about, she reminded me of every time Janice is on screen during Friends, like, you just want to, like, punch the person next to you. Like she was so over the top Disney Channel's actress. Yeah. Like I was just like I just want to mute every time she's on the screen. But th- that that's a success. She did it right. Cuz they you hate her. Yeah, Judy and, and
1: Meg did... both very well translate as hateable characters. They're wonderful <sighs> though.
2: I
0: actually I actually didn't mind uh Meg as much.
1: You might have a she...
0: soft
2: spot for you. Yeah. I might but to me that I always when I was in the I was in the play The Crucible. Yes. And I played Reverend Paris. Yes. And a lot of people came up to me afterwards and they're like I hate you. I hated I hated you. And I'm like success. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Nailed it. <laughs> I did it I did it perfectly then because if you liked me then I did not get get the character. And to me that's what this movie does cuz when we talk about acting to me that's the good stuff about this movie and it's probably more the director than the actors. Uh, giving them background, because I doubt any of the young kids were making choices. So, well, what about Mozart? What? Which character was he? Was making choices?
3: He was the guy that kept getting uh, getting uh, picked on.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, but I mean, like the the a lot of things that
0: uh, and uh, he made that amazing catch in what was it? Left field, center field? Yeah, that was a good catch.
1: (laughs) Whatever it was, he's stuck with it, you know.
2: Yeah, You can see the stuff that Felicia's doing. He watched the ball into his glove. Yes, he did. It was textbook. (laughs) (laughs) She's clearly making choices.
0: (laughs) Which character are you talking about again, Trav?
2: The main character, Angela. Angela, okay. I think that that actress is getting direction and also making choices. But the director could be saying, okay, this is... You could just tell in her face she's doing... She's making distinct choices on how she's handling things. Like, I'm gonna act certain way towards these people and everybody else is going to get the stone face uh that was fine but a lot of the other stuff seems to be happy accidents and i i think that the the um the judy and all that that character has been done so many times that bully that that obnoxious like uh buzz character biff like it's 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 every every time you need a bully this is the version of the bully you're going to need yeah so i don't know if she if it, like you said, it's so real. Maybe she's just a bitch in her life. I don't know. And she's just playing it at face value. But no one's really making any choices. They're all just basically playing at face value. Even the pedophile cook is like, he's got these just meaty, disgusting lines that when he delivers them, he just reads them. There's no extra creep value there's I don't no know, man. Uh, delivery choices. I, he just says them. I mean, I'm and reminded creepy of the. As they uh,
1: are. I'm reminded of the Rush song that says, "You know, not to choose is a choice or whatever."
2: Well, there's really not much you have to do. Like it's the creep is there in the line.
1: He reads but those you, lines creepily. He he made choices. They were creepy. I don't know. Yeah, there's some creepy inflections with certain words.
2: Yeah. To me, I just think that the. The things that would have made uh, this movie the next level for me would have been to clearly the people were actually making acting choices would as it opposed su- to just being.
0: Would it surprise you, Travis, if I told you that the cook being a pedophile was actually not in the original script? That would be pretty awesome. And that was a choice that the actor made?
2: That would be make it better, yeah. Yeah. But the lines are the lines, so it's, I think it's, it's there. Not, it's not. I, it's all there. I just made that shit up, so... <laughs> but think about it if his lines weren't that blatant let's say he had regular lines and and if he was played by kevin spacey and right or he (laughs) delivered the lines and you're feeling dirty you're just feeling icky (laughs) and he didn't say anything but yeah but that's true you're getting that to me that's what makes a movie better as opposed to be like Oh, I call them baldies. Like it's just like okay, no. yeah. <sighs> like I needed a shower after every scene with that guy. Yeah, and yeah. And then, I was then they supposed boiled
1: to. him because he's a fucking asshole.
2: Right, but to but me, that just I think sounds that like
1: effect. It just sounds like he's being effective.
0: He's being I, effective. that's exactly what I thought too, Aaron. I agree with you.
2: But what I'm saying, my issues with this movie is that a lot of it's a little on the nose and a little he's, bit for sure. Yes. Certainly. So it's like to yes. me, it would have been better. To do that, but actually give more meat to the actor to do things to where you're like, all right, yeah, that guy's a creep, but he didn't have to say that. The dialogue to me, I I mean, George has the face on of it, it is what
0: it is. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the movie that you watch is the movie you got. Yeah. You know,
2: I mean, what are you going to do? Just trying to, just trying to help. Because oh, I don't want I don't I don't want you to think that because uh, I I knew before I watched this movie, I was going to hate it. <laughs> and I and I knew <laughs> I didn't I I knew after the second watching, I still was going to hate it.
0: What was the movie that we watched with uh, with uh, Richard that. Uh, w- w- we the watched Trimble's? Prom Night with him. Prom Night. Prom Night. Yes, yeah. I was
2: getting a lot of prom night from this movie. prom
0: night. That was another movie. That was a movie that I thought I was going to hate. Me too. And I didn't.
2: Yeah, that didn't, was one of I those late it. night texts to, to it was pretty Dan, good. like, um, yeah, hate <laughs> maybe that. we shouldn't do this. Uh, but uh,
0: yeah. I had no preconceptions. But no, as soon you as, shouldn't as soon have. as I st- turned it on, I was like, okay,
2: just, you know, this is, this is what it is. A lot of my shock came from the first time I watched it. Yeah. I mean, I had already known the ending, like Dan was saying, but I so, I watched it with an open mind. And have was we
0: like, wow. have we talked enough about the ending? We kind of danced around it a little bit. Uh, what
2: do you want to? You want pictures? No, <laughs> I'm. I do have a problem with the effects of the ending.
1: Well, I mean, you've got logistical concerns that you have to work around. Well, yeah, do you know what Do you know what they did?
0: You can't remove a person's head for real. So, no, I mean, more,
1: I I mean, an issue, but it's frowned upon by most jurisdictions. Though, again, (laughs) I'm not an expert on this matter. Uh,
2: With the thought (laughs) process that this whole movie was based on the ending, like the, the filmmaker was like, I have this ending and I want to build a movie around this ending. That effect to me. Should have been executed. Which better.
0: effect are you talking about?
2: The, it clearly wasn't the same body as as Angela, like it was clearly a man. It wasn't even like a, it was it was not the right body sculpt or or silicone pour or whatever. Like it was not even the same person. All right, let's do a, so,
1: an episode of Travis Fixes It, where you tell us how you are going to execute the final scene of this movie, and make it better go. Make
2: it better. I don't think I can make it better. Okay. I just think the Rest body should the body should not <laughs> have been. It's almost like you do a whole movie with, uh, I don't know uh, who's the guy from. Uh, let's say Topher well, Grace. Well- Topher Grace is, is is your male, okay. And then at the end, when you show him naked, you use a body sculpt of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like to me, it was just like okay, you could have done a better job of matching that body. To her, so that when you do the reveal, it still looks like a and a a feminine uh, or a a male body, but it's not. It matches the body of the girl that was throughout the movie. Does that make sense? Yes. Because the, the 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 sculpt at the end looked like a six foot three, like jacked up, like Marvel hero. hero. So here's
3: here's the thing, Travis. <laughs> so what they did to get that effect was they made. Um, a mask, and they put it on some college kid um, that they got liquored up, yeah, to actually stand in front of the camera and just stand there.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's yeah. what, exactly what it looks like. Uh, but it w- didn't look like uh, Felicia Rose's body double, so no, it threw me. But off I mean, pit. threw me off. It's
3: a low budget film. I I think I think the inherent uh, appreciation is about the concept of the ending and not yes, absolutely. You know, I agree. The complete execution of the ending, so to speak.
2: I agree. And the only reason I even brought it up was because I said this whole movie clearly was made for that ending. Like That was the money shot for the director, yeah. the writer. This is it. You so, make people spend $8 or $6 or $2 to go see this movie, take two hours out of their life to watch this movie because you want to reveal that ending and punch them in the face with it. So the
0: only thing that you would do to, to fix the ending is just get a body double that is a more similar build to Felicia Rose. To Felicia Rose, and that wouldn't have thrown me off so much. And that's the only thing you would change.
2: Yeah, no, I thought the ending was for, fine
0: for this movie. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's no, a win.
2: I, I mean, there's plenty in the movie I would change, but I'm sure, talking about the right, very. we end. we're, we're yeah. already at the end. By yeah, name. we're at the end.
0: Um, okay, so there's other stuff that happens in the end besides that. Uh, you were it's revealed. That there was obviously right before the reveal that we just talked about. There was the reveal that um the uh aunt uh Martha right uh you know when she brings you know basically when she receives the baby brings the baby home for the first time and decides it's going to be a little girl girl right you you see that so you're like okay that's that's there this is all hitting you all at once right? right and then. But there was, a, uh, there was a scene a little bit earlier uh, when, uh, what's his name, was trying to be romantic with Paul. her. Paul. Paul was trying to be romantic with her and she recalls her father's, basically. Right. Right. And then she basically is like, no, and runs away. So that was kind of a big reveal, too. Yeah. Because it wasn't perfectly clear in the beginning that that was a thing. So all of this happening, she comes from that kind of that the two dads' family, and then she gets shifted over to Aunt Martha and and is sculpted into uh something else, and and she ends up being a killer and you know kind of like on full display. How does all of this? tell me
1: why all of that matters okay uh well remember in psycho they make it a point at the end of the movie during like the exposition explanation period where the doctor is explaining everything that happened with the uh, the killer there yeah he says that you know he uh, isn't like they go out of their way to say he's not uh trans or he's not gay. I don't remember the exact, uh,
2: transvestite, not a transvestite.
1: Yeah. It's not that he is in some kind of like uh, transvestite situation In instead it's, you know, a uh, relationship directly with his mother. Uh, similarly in sounds of the lambs, Hannibal Lecter goes out of his way to say, you know, Buffalo Bill is not a transsexual, although he thinks he is right. right. They, they draw these lines to make it a point to like, uh, be able to present people who are psychotic but try not to lump in a bunch of people who are not psychotic in with this one case and so this movie to me strikes me as like a show don't tell you know it's not that she is a girl who has a penis it's that she's raised traumatically in all these different ways and what becomes of her like sexual identity is one of confusion and violence, where, with a proper support system, all of these things individually might have been okay. It's just the compounding effects of all these different things uh, have left her in a situation where she can't handle uh, her her uh, not killing people. Hmm. You
3: know what's interesting about that is, if it's Meg and Judy actually were trying to prevent all this from happening, because they kept on their counselor to not have her talk to the boys. Because Paul would have lived. If you really think about it, he would have lived if he never talked to her. <laughs> you know, mm. but like, there's some kind of like weird sexual awakening where she had to go all pray mantis on him.
2: It's true. You know? Um... Did they explain why she killed him? No. Well, I think that they Did have He that... found out that
1: They have the dream flashback while they're first like when they're finally making out on the sand. Right. And you see the two dads in bed, which is a surprise because you you don't you don't get enough in the opening scene. Like the one turns and goes, John. Right. That's not enough to know that they're banging. Right. You don't know. Right. But then you see the part where they're in bed together. But then it does cut to a part that you guys skipped where she's in bed with, I guess, her brother at that point. And right. there's an implied, like, confused kind of like, oh, is this a thing? You know, uh, yes. I guess she'd be in bed that, with her sister. Excuse me, because she would have been the boy at that point. Because right. it's not Ricky. Because the two dads yes. are still there, right? Yes. This movie's kind of a fucking mess, uh, but I love it, uh, and it's fun to try to put put it together with the with the breadcrumbs they give you to try to put together what actually happens in this movie is a lot of fun can- can I
2: mention a hole that I filled in that clearly probably was not even there okay uh but was did, it more in my head. did it happen no, on a phone call did it happen on a phone call It was during this movie uh for some reason I don't know where it came from, but I felt like uh the two guys together weren't so much like two dads I took it as the dad was having a uh, down low relationship with the uncle or the brother in law of, or I guess would be the husband of Aunt Martha, and that's why they were divorced because he eventually gave in to that temptation of. I I took those guys as actual like they knew each other through the okay. two families. You're
0: you're not the only one because. I, for I took it first as. I didn't make the the uncle or brother in law connection like you did, but when I saw the two guys, in in bed basically, and the kids are watching them, I'm thinking I'm not sure. I I, I didn't think it married. didn't seem
2: like an open oom- open relationship. No, it seemed like I, a down low kind yeah, of yeah. And it, I, it don't seemed, know, I don't know. It seemed not seem like that a, they were an affair. Yeah, it, yeah no it's
1: still the 80s, right? So I don't know that right. it's ever established whether the two men are uh, you know, a, a couple together in a stable relationship or two dudes who hang out at the beach and sometimes when the lights are low get a little snuggly. Uh right. Either way, it doesn't really affect the outcome of the movie, but uh, yeah, that is an interesting point but that It
2: does if it's Aunt, Aunt uh Martha's husband. That's well, it's <laughs> that not that blows it no, out no, of the water. No, but that
3: that's not That's not accurate because uh, John says at the beginning Ricky's
1: with his dad, right? And his dad is not one of those two, right? Okay. So sure, yeah, because Ricky's with his dad, while John and whoever the other guy is. Watch this movie again. Are at the beach? (laughs) You're gonna have to watch it again, and you you do. Uh, You need like a family tree uh, in front of you to fill out who's who. John and the other unnamed fellow, uh, neither of which are Ricky's dad martha the presumed mother of ricky ricky um i don't know for sure that they are in any way like a stable couple or if they are a download couple and they're just they're just buddies in public who knows but either way you've got the two guys one of whom is the father of the two kids one of whom survives and becomes angela neither of whom right. of those two men is ricky's dad neither of whom is with aunt martha and they both refer to her okay. as the doc which is a very weird thing to be near a doc, referring to a person as the doc. That's weird.
3: Oh, that's how they get their physicals.
1: That's how they get their physicals. But don't right. tell anyone because they wouldn't approve. Exactly. And then an interesting... Mm. Was it you, Aaron, that said that she may not even really be a medical doctor? She just thinks she's a medical doctor?
2: She clearly is not a doctor. Uh, <laughs> she needs, needs a doctor. not Somebody <laughs> mentioned that, and
1: I don't remember one of you guys did. And that's interesting because, yeah, you don't really see your medical degree. All yeah. you see is her insane acting, which now that I know that that was how she was directed, it makes it even better to imagine like trying to be that actress and be like, "Okay, I'm gonna say these lines that are weird, oh, you want them bigger. How do I go bigger than this like how, how do I get yeah. from what's on with the page a side ponytail to this
0: <laughs> <laughs> with a side
2: ponytail <laughs> yeah, I don't know it was uh she was a little much, but yeah that it's directed makes it makes more sense and more fun i wish i wish they were clear as to why she killed paul like did he not like the, did he find out that she was a boy and was like flipping out like you don't you don't know like was it a crying game moment i don't know uh they don't tell you it's just all of a sudden he's dead
3: i think and anyone she's... that challenged her sexuality was fair game um I mean, you're right, they don't explicitly state it, but that's the only thing I can think of, is that she's just so unfortunately confused um, that she just wants to get rid of the problem. Yeah. So what are we thinking about the uh, the two-killer theory?
2: It's possible. Uh, right. I think it was just done on purpose. It's even probable. Almost, you know, uh, red herring or you know, revealed killer, don't know who it is, so we'll just make you think it's everybody. So... Kind of thing. I still think it's one killer.
3: See, now I'm not sure. And I'm going to posit this. So Mel goes to Ricky.
1: He beats the hell out of a kid. Oh, he
3: (laughs) beats the shit out of him. He goes, how are you going to do it this time? Another drowning or something worse? I saw you those times at the rec room at the waterfront. You killed him, didn't you? Now... When I heard waterfront, I was like, wait a minute. Angela doesn't go in the water. Right? That's, that's right. the scene of the crime. Yes. But Kenny dies underneath the canoe. So that couldn't have been Angela. So the only other person that had a motive and got his uh, beautiful 50-gallon hat, knocked off his head, would be yes. Ricky. Right? Yeah. Now we know and... for a fact...
1: Yeah. We know on the in the skinny dip scene that none of the girls went in the water, right? So you've got a high probability that the killer in the water blending in with the other guys is Ricky, one of the guys.
3: Now I have to go back and although, see if he's in the crowd.
1: Although he's not, uh, he's not in that group. He's not part of the. He's not in that bunk. Right. But it, yeah. but here's the thing: if Ricky is in the water with a bunch of dudes, they're not going to really take as much note as if. Any of the girls, especially Angela, especially Angela, was yes, any, in the water. Any,
0: any female in the water is—they're uh, all gonna know. Gonna going to be noticed. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, Agreed. we know
3: for a fact Angela kills Mel and Paul because Mel beat the shit out of Ricky. Yep. So Ricky right. was incapacitated at that point. But the other thing that tipped me off was. Remember when they were uh, getting their assignments for the night? and Ronnie tells one of the counselors that you're taking your kids on a camping trip by the lake, mm-hmm. he has to get into a car to actually get them to the campsite. And if you remember, two of the kids cry that they want to go back, and he doesn't to get in the car. You can't have all these killings happening concurrently if you don't have at least two killers, because somebody has to kill those campers up at the campsite and they get back down to where the rest of the killings are happening. So I'm gonna say that Ricky probably killed the little campers as well. If you remember, they're the ones that are throwing sand on them after he retrieves his sister
1: oh my from gosh, the that's water. That's true. Yep.
0: That's true. Cause that the the little children one seemed so senseless and it didn't really make sense to me at the time.
3: It still doesn't make sense because they never pose any kind of like sexual threat to Angela. So I don't I don't actually like that killing at yeah. all. I think it's wrong and i don't like those killings i'm like dan and they never i don't like those killings regardless
2: they don't really reveal ricky as a violent person i mean he is kind of mouthy but they never really give him any kind he, of he like, does anger issues or like blackouts or whatever like they never really he, establish he does, where he could be one of the killers He does always he says he's going to kill people all the time yeah but
1: you're that for, age, you know said for that throwing
2: a, a water balloon yeah yeah. You know? I guess that will be an establishment yeah, of anger A yeah.
1: Yeah. couple of things yeah. I found interesting in the special features on the Blu-ray, which you guys check out that documentary. The actor that plays Ricky uh, just nonchalantly is like, I don't know why I cleaned my blade off in that uh, shower because they were using his hands to kill Meg. So uh, that's as, that's good enough for me to just buy into the fact that Ricky's killing most of those people.
3: Um, well, I, th- I think Ricky's also in the... Uh... The doorway um yeah ricky's judy's definitely in the
1: doorway when judy's uh door opens that's right. yes but you're not i mean it, you have enough plausible deniability in terms of her build and hair color and stuff like that could be angela and it's just fuzzy enough that they're trying to throw you off the scent but it's pretty clearly ricky um very strange hmm. oddly enough the director mentions in that behind the scenes thing that he kind of regrets the scene with the kids. Like that's like one ah, he's like, Yeah, if I did it again, I'd take it back to a little different. And it's like, yeah, man, you you really should have done it different. <laughs> but I forget that's even in the movie half the time because all the other stuff is so fun and bonkers that the horrible stuff I forget about.
0: The uh I have a question about the Judy kill. Oh god. Um was she killed with a curling iron to the vagina. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She was killed, and it, that did happen. I don't know that that killed her. I don't know that that would kill a person, but that certainly occurs. Uh,
2: she pops up in the sequel with a killer perm. <laughs> so bad
0: <laughs> so bad <laughs> I'm like and like in the scene and this is just this is just me watching it and again it, after all this happened I just said eh, forgive it um you're like the way it's shot like her hands like shoot straight up
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and just like it's like okay you can reach your head and you can reach your crotch Why are your hands straight <laughs> up in the air right she was praying i don't know i, the don't know. The same I like, thing, doesn't he yeah there's yeah there's multiple where the hands are just kind of like uh like you know like you know kind of just tight muscle hands the like, kind of gripping but not really like fisting i shouldn't have said
1: that wow yeah in in a fist um mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> did they but, uh, like did they both accrue head injuries because watching football like, recently there's a lot of hands in oh, the air it is yeah. like, it is like that it is like that. That's not funny, but also like but like kind of like funny.
0: claw, kind of like claw hands, you know, straight up in the air.
1: Yeah, fencing position or fencing Just, posture. Yes, yes. Just very odd. I don't know. Odd, I don't like choice. the shadow of the curling iron because at one point it like opens up a little bit, yeah. which is gross. It's all gross. That shouldn't be, but it's so like over the top that I guess it's forgivable. I don't know.
0: Oh, I can't wait to share this
3: movie with someone.
1: I'm telling you, man. Seven days. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but Dan, you know, that, that curling iron is a very uh, Sister of Ursula moment.
1: It is. It's You know, and it all comes from that misinterpretation. We haven't talked about this in a while. Misinterpretation of the kill in The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, where a knife is presented in a phallic manner and then a woman's throat is slit. Uh, and then a series of Giallo movies that followed, ripping off that formula but getting it wrong and thinking that instead of cutting her throat... That the knife had been inserted phallically. and then a series of movies that just like leaned into that in the seventies, gross. Uh, and then Sleepaway Camp just takes it to the next level by having to be a curling iron. Ugh. And doesn't
3: uh? And doesn't Crystal Plumage actually play with sexuality too with the ending? Quite a bit because you don't see quite that a quite a bit.
1: Quite a yeah. bit of sexuality in the. But again, it's in the Psycho chain, right? Like all of these go back to Hitchcock and Psycho. Uh, they just. They take that one idea of like a, you know, an affected, I think that's a, the most neutral word I can think of, an affected sexuality affecting then, uh, you know, violent behavior and then just playing with different permutations of it from 1960 until forever. I mean, I mean, it's all there. Uh,
3: it's Megs kill sexual nature. Uh, Mel, not so much.
1: And she's going to bang the guy that runs the camp. Like, are we okay with that? I'm not yeah. okay with that. Why not? I don't know. It's gross. <laughs> they sold it, though.
2: Yeah. They sold it pretty good. I, mean, I
1: believed, believed that it? it was happening. It was still, it made yeah. me feel gross.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the premise of this whole movie. Yeah. Just, hey, gross. you want to feel
1: gross for an hour and a half and then laugh at the end because it's so over the top? Yeah. Sleepaway Camp Uh, So good So good What the fuck is this movie
2: I'm gonna have to watch it one more time But then I'm probably gonna put it
1: away But before you watch it Don't don't watch it again by yourself Because you're not doing yourself a service Watch it with other people who don't know what you're getting them into That is where the money is for this movie
2: Alright so I'll sit down with Vienna and we'll watch it. <laughs> and then in maybe watch years. Sleepaway Camp 2. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Starring uh, Bruce Springsteen's sister. Correct. Which is just too mm. weird not to mention every time I talk about that movie. And she's great in it. Oddly enough. That movie's she's wonderful. Fun. Yeah. So next you know, week what's Sleepaway it? Camp Part 2. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, it's funny because Aunt Martha calls Angela an angel at the end of the film. Mm. And then Angela is actually called the Angel of Death in Sleepaway Camp 2.
1: Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. It's not bad. It's good. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> you can skip Sleepaway Camps 4 and 5, though. 2 and 3 are pretty fun. Beyond that, ugh. But Big Pussy shows up in one of them. That's weird. Nice. I'll wait for a Sleepaway
0: right. Camp 2018.
2: 2018, yeah. Sleepaway
1: well, Camp believe... kills
2: and Sleepaway Camp ends. Yeah, 4 4 is kind of iconic for a reason. But uh I heard it's terrible. So that reason's not worth it.
1: They're all worth a, a one watch, but don't buy them. Just stream them. But mm. 2 and 2 and 3 are all right. 2 especially is pretty good. They're I just way the, the... different. They don't It no longer is a Jalo. it is now a Freddy Krueger movie. And Freddy's mm. a, a cute little girl who wants to kill people.
2: My fondest memory of this movie is the the promotional like the poster uh that caught my eye. It was a kid walking with a backpack that had Freddie's hat, Jason's hockey mask, or no, Freddie's glove, Jason's hockey mask, and uh something else was in the backpack as they're walking through the woods. And I was like, yeah. Which has nothing to do with this movie, no. But it was a good. Uh,
1: yeah, that's the sequel. Cause... Actually, that's number two that has that. Oh, is that number two? Yep. I She's just got remember the that mask and then the glove and yeah,
2: it's. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, it's a Geico moment. They 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 thought it out. They they sold it. My favorite part of this movie
0: was when the police officer, uh, had a wardrobe Finds, a finds Meg, the scene where Meg is, slain, and. It's so terrible. It's so horrible that... His mustache that falls his off? That his mustache changes colors.
1: <laughs> That's my favorite. His
2: mustache becomes electrical tape? That's my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, you know... So yeah, he goes from like a Tom Selleck to like a Groucho Marx. What, what happened? We
1: talk yeah. about the uh, the iconic shots in some of these movies and that mustache, when it changes to obviously like a, a you know, cheap... Stage production, costume shop, mustache, uh, iconic mustache. Iconic. So bad. The crowd loves it. <laughs> the crowd <laughs> loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Though, again, yeah, look, I'm not an expert on this matter.
3: This movie this movie got like, what, uh, I think it's like a 6.2 in IMDb. As far as I'm concerned, it earned it. It really did.
2: Because you can hate it as much it- as you want, but... It's still effective and you're still going to laugh. I think it's got like an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure. I'm like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, it's effective. It (laughs) does the thing. It It does the thing. thing. It It may not be Silence of the Lambs, but it's not, not Silence of the Lambs in a lot of ways. It delves in that same, (laughs) it exists on the time. It belongs on this show because it exists on that same timeline. And, uh, yeah, that scatter chart with Psycho and Texas and Silence of the Lambs and all these movies that take that same Ed Gein kind of thing and then push it forward into different kind of permutations of the same idea.
2: Yeah, this one deviates enough to where it's like I wouldn't even make the parallel,
1: but you between... should. Now you will. Next time you well, watch yeah, it, well, yeah, you you'll could. Like, but it's ah. like,
2: it's done well enough to where, like you're saying, they they don't even touch on. Uh, the Ed Gein-ness of it, like it's more biologically, and psycho like that the, the, the ant creates, the character more than anything. It's Absolutely. not really. So it, to me, I did I didn't even make the although that there is stories that Ed Geen was fine until his mother died, mm-hmm. then he started doing weird shit. And so... imagine
1: at the end. Uh, I mean, it's a basically just the untuck. So just put yeah. goodbye horses over the final <laughs> scene of this movie. <laughs> wow.
3: Well, I, I I like you referencing Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I mean, Leatherface wearing pretty girl mask. Yep, it's yeah. kind of what we have here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's it belongs in the canon. Of our show.
2: (laughs) There's definitely a reason why we watched it. I I do agree. And there's not many movies like it. And it's so fun to show to new
1: people. And to watch it. I would argue this is a movie
3: you have to see before you die. You have to. Even if you don't like it, you need to see it before you die.
1: It's a must see. Actually we're just about to announce our tour of the nursing homes where we show it to all the old people. (laughs)
2: <laughs> before they go, is anybody dying? Have you seen Sleepaway Camp yet? <laughs> Line up on the left if you're. We should start. We should
0: start a GoFundMe for that. <laughs> we need to. We need to fund that project. Our non-special project. Well, it's it's well, like the opposite of like the Make a Wish Foundation.
2: <laughs> we'll have Felicia Rose show up we'll, at every place. Yeah, we'll and sh- do the face. Show
0: old old <laughs> sick people this
2: before they die. <laughs> Who hasn't seen Sleepaway before you died? How many weeks do you have? <laughs> wow, I can't That's believe terrible. you said that. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hands up. Who hasn't seen it? Uh yeah,
0: success. So onward and forward. Onward, onward and forward. forward. Where do we go forward. from here? Travis, what are we doing next week? What are we what are we watching next week?
2: <sighs> well, we could go one way or the other. Which way do we want to go is the question.
1: I gave you three really good ways. Yes,
0: you did.
2: Let's go the other. The other? Yeah. Okay.
0: You said one way or the
2: other? Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. do the mm-hmm. other. All right. So I think that we are going to uh, go down the road of another classic, uh, cult classic, misunderstood. Okay. Well-received, not well-received. Okay. Um. Something we have talked about. Okay. It's a movie called Showgirls. Showgirls. Ooh. For
4: real.
1: For
2: reals. Sweet.
1: I'm so excited. Not... <laughs> I'm so excited. You but also, conversely, I am so scared. <laughs> I'm afraid he's going to like it.
3: <laughs> Showgirls is a movie.
1: It is a movie. <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> wow. it's happening guys we're gonna watch showgirls
2: it's gonna happen Uh, although should we tell him what the other alternative was no we'll save this for later give him a choice
1: okay no he doesn't get a choice we're watching showgirls no choice okay oh my gosh guys next week showgirls this week aaron aaron thank you for joining us on this show
3: thank you for having me this was wonderful
1: thank
2: you aaron yes aaron Sleepaway Camp super fan. <laughs> super fan. And never once did I get heated to where I had to say, you done me wrong, hey, hey Ron. <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I didn't have to go there. Thank goodness. I was like, we're going to wind up arguing. I don't want to argue. Because I know how much he loves this movie. But I know how much I didn't love this movie. Once you show it to other but people. But I like it more now. You'll like it Good. more even. Yeah. It'll continue to No, I do, after grow. discussing it, again, why I do this show is... When I used to work at the movie theater, we would stand in the parking lot and talk about the movie we just watched. And sometimes you hated the movie, and then other people would talk about it, and you wind up liking it. So, yeah, I get it. Am That's I going to watch it all the time? No, but I definitely appreciate it more after the discussion.
3: Yeah, if, if anything, I just don't think this movie can be easily dismissed, because there's a lot more going on than the surface, in my opinion.
2: I think, for me, it has the same... It hit me the same way Clerks did, where I get it, I get why people love it, I get why you guys love it, but there was just certain things where I just couldn't get past.
3: I'm with you on and that. It's, a same, I'm it's, not a clerks it's fan.
2: actually the same things. Yeah, it's just the same exact things. Where if I had a chance to remake Sleepaway Camp,
1: <laughs> I might love it. Front butt work would be called butt work too.
3: <laughs> I would argue the acting of Clerks is worse than Sleepaway Camp, and I don't think I'd be wrong. Uh,
2: uh, you might not be wrong. Uh, uh, some some of the kids need need to I, take at least a, one class. <laughs> I don't. Yeah,
0: with clerks, I, I don't know the the acting in clerks. I didn't I didn't mind it. I know, like Travis, like hated the back and forth, like just delivering lines back and forth. The word is volley. Like, I was the not volley. a fan of the volley. Yeah, I was only because, I don't know.
2: At least this movie didn't suffer from the monotone volley. I
0: like the monotone
2: volley. Yeah, like this movie, everybody was (laughs) at 11.
0: (laughs) I I, I like the monotone volley. I I feel like that's how people talk in the Northeast Mm. a lot. I do think it's interesting
1: that we had a movie not directed by Kevin Smith that had the line, this guy blows dead dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And eat shit and live. Yeah. Yeah. Eat shit and live, Bill. So good. And how
3: about the waterfront guy? He was awesome <laughs> when he was throwing the uh, water furniture all around the uh, waterfront.
1: He's oh, like, yes, yeah. These peckerheads
3: yeah. suck. How the hell did that <laughs> get there? <laughs> and then he calls a mega peckerhead at the end of the movie.
1: Yes, he does.
2: Yeah, the <laughs> peckerhead is great. That needs to come back. Yeah.
3: Oh, and you know, what? hold <laughs> on. Before I forget, only Dan's going to understand this. Dan, Lenny, the other uh, gay gentleman in the movie. He was a co-director of Champagne and Bullet.
1: Oh for real? Yes. Now there's yes, a movie we should make, George Watch.
3: <laughs> oh no, don't do it. <laughs> oh.
1: Uh, the Shimmy Slide I think would be the end of the show. We would just They
3: would hate you forever and I wouldn't blame them.
1: Shimmy Slide our that... way, right? out of the show. And is that before
2: or after we watch Cruising?
1: Oh no Cruising is good. Uh Cruising's awesome champagne, champagne and Champagne and Bullets is really bad. But it does have William Smith in it. I like him. And oh hmm. God. Who
3: else? Wings.
1: Oh and Wings is in there too, yeah. Yes he is. Wings Hauser not a guy that we've had on the show yet, but he'll be here. We'll find a way. But not that movie, because that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> 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 and if i'm saying it sucks uh yeah yeah, yeah then i'm not yeah. gonna watch it <laughs> oh my god we should totally when you guys come to town i'm gonna have all of you come to my theater we'll watch champagne and bullets together the longest cut i can find
0: oh, please. oh my god
1: so oh, good i mean so those good. are
0: those are two things that i enjoy thoroughly yeah and and you won't so, anymore because you'll associate why, with this movie yeah why why shouldn't i like that movie
1: i'll send you a clip and you'll see why <laughs> okay. Oh my Sounds God. Good listeners jump on the remedial film class, uh, Facebook group, check out Aaron's fantastically worked out uh primal fear post from a few months back. Oh my God. We needed help. And he brought the help we needed. Uh, mm. movie still sucks, but whatever.
2: That's he was fine. the hero we needed. Yes, but not the one we deserved.
1: <laughs> so good. Uh, guys, uh, We'll have to have Aaron back sometime, maybe for yes. Champagne and Bullets.
3: Oh,
2: absolutely! So, around season fourteen? Yes. Okay.
3: Season twenty thirty.
2: There's so many movies we haven't watched yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> whenever we get out the cases, anyway. next pandemic, I guess we'll do that movie. Oh boy! Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's coordinate it. Aaron, you hop in the car with these guys, road trip.
3: Uh, I'm one state over. Let's do it.
4: That'd yeah. be amazing.
2: Drive up, check out Lake George. Yeah, it's doable. Hop on the mini ha and then swing over to Dan's house.
3: Let's get some Wawa first, because we don't have that here, and it's delicious.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, they're closing them down here, but we'll, we'll find one that's open.
3: Ugh.
0: All right, well, I'm going to thank my listeners. Thanks, listeners.
2: <laughs> thank you.
1: And thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. We'll be back next week with the much-anticipated, teased for 18 months or more, Paul Verhoeven infamous classic. Yeah, the guy that directed RoboCop directed Showgirls. See you next week. <laughs>